Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. All right. We want to say greetings to everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us today. I'm grateful to the Lord that uh, you all have decided to start the day with uh, with us and uh, so grateful uh, to be able to share with you what the Lord has laid on my heart to share. And so I got a, uh, a message sent to me on YouTube from an individual. Uh, I don't know. I don't know them by name, uh, so you all have to forgive me. Uh, sometimes people send me messages or comments on YouTube, and they have their, you know, of course, their handle or their their username, and, uh, you know, they don't leave a name sometimes. And so I don't know who it is, but I do respond, and uh, I just say whatever the Lord gave me to say. And so this morning I thought that I was just going to go into prayer, and uh, and everything, and, uh, you know, a lot of times I try to do that on Mondays especially uh, because I want people to go back to the message, you know, that was preached on Sunday and listen to it. So uh, we want to encourage everyone, regardless of how much of the word you're getting, uh, whether it's Sunday or Monday through Friday on the daily devotions, that you please go back to the messages and listen to them, you know, not just listen to them live, but also Listen to them so that in a time where you can really meditate on them. My wife, she does this thing where while even she's sitting there on Sundays, uh, less than a few feet from me, uh, she'll go back during the week and listen to the message uh, from Sunday because, of course, while she's sitting there, she's trying to take in what all is being said, and and she's writing notes, but she's wanting to be careful. Uh, not to miss anything or not to be distracted, uh, not to be distracted while she's uh, writing notes. So she will uh, go back and listen uh, to the messages from Sunday so that, you know, she can listen with her full attention and, and write notes. Because, of course, you know, if you if I'm preaching live and you're writing notes while you're writing, you may miss something that's being said while you're writing. So, I uh, just want to encourage everyone to go back and listen to those messages, uh, you know, uh, that that is being preached uh, so that you get everything that God has for you in those messages. All right, so this, this person, she writes, uh, he, I don't know if it's a male or female, they say, uh, God bless you, brother and sister Bolden. I thank God that you, your loved ones, and your ministry family are doing well. Brother Bolden, I pray that the Lord speak through you to minister this question. How are we as born-again Christians supposed to forgive others? I know this question may sound strange, but I am asking this question because many negative people in our churches today are offending the saints to the point they don't want anything to do with them or church. Is it God's will for us to avoid brethren who offend us and are put stumbling blocks in our path or to forgive them and continue in all caps, 
to fellowship with them, even if they keep trespassing against us. Yes, we know that Jesus told us we must forgive in order to be forgiven. He gives us, uh, uh, you know, Matthew six fourteen, Matthew eighteen twenty two, but in Matthew eighteen fifteen through seventeen, and Luke seventeen three and four, he gives us the option to forgive the brethren if he listens to us and if he asks for forgiveness. So then, is it a sin of unforgiving if saints decide to cut fellowship with brethren that mistreat them to avoid being offended and bitter? So let's go look at these scriptures just real briefly. In Matthew 6 and 14, uh, just real quick, just so to give you an idea of what's being said in these scriptures. And Matthew uh, 6, 14. It says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And then Matthew 18 and 22, uh, says, Jesus said unto them, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seven, until 70 times seven. Now, this is after Peter had asked how often should he, uh, his brother sin against him and he forgive him. All right, so she then they bring up Matthew 18, 15 through 17. More if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he neglect, uh, if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen, man and a publican. So, uh, and then Luke. 17, 3, and 4. So the 17 chapter of the book of Luke, uh, verse 3 and 4. Um, it says, Take heed to yourself. If my brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. So, now, what this person is doing is they are linking things together that uh, uh, that really don't go together. So let me explain what I mean. Uh, in the 18th chapter of the book of Matthew, when it talks about if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go to, and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Uh, that that word trespass it really means to sin against. And so this is talking about something heavy. This is this is not what I call personality clashes. In other words, I don't said something and and you took it the wrong way and because you took it the wrong way, you expect me to come to you or you expect me to know what's in your heart and your mind. This is talking about really sinning. So somebody that slept with your wife, somebody that slept with your husband and you go to them. Then this is talking about a brother. In other words, somebody that's saved. So somebody that really did something. Somebody that lied to you or lied on you or, you know, uh, this is a real sin. These trust to do these things. Go to your brother and, and him alone, and if he shall hear thee, you have gained your brother. So the question I would ask this person is, have you done this? Have you done the steps that is required in Matthew 18? verse 15 through 17. Have you gone to your brother? Okay, if you've done that and they won't acknowledge they're wrong, 
Now, I'm going to say the wrong that you perceive. Then you take uh, uh, with the one or two more, in other words, to hear the matter. So, in other words, you're not taking one or two people with you who necessarily see things the way that you see them or who you've already talked to about the situation. You taking people with you who are not biased, who will hear the matter, and what they will do is they will judge. Now, that's what they're talking about. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. In other words, what they're talking about, every word may be established, is both of you telling your side of the story. This person have already denied that they've offended you or done anything wrong with you. And so you're taking two people with you to determine whether or not your offense or the trespass is really a trespass. So me answering you in what you think is the wrong way may not be a trespass. You see that, in other words. And so you take two people, not two of your buddies, not you, you're taking two, you know, people that are not fighting with you uh, for the purpose of hearing the matter, and, and they have not already been coached. They don't already know what all has gone on. They have not established an opinion yet. They're hearing it for the first time. And let them, they basically, they basically will play the jury. They hear the evidence. Okay, well, no, you know, brother, that's just something that you need to get over. So that's, that's not the way that that really happened. You know, you maybe you should look at it this way, in other words. So they determine. Now, if they determine that this person really did trespass against you, then it is established. And then you, if he neglects to hear the two witnesses, then you bring him onto the church. And if they neglect to hear the church. Now, this is talking about real sin. Again, this is not talking about personality clashes. This is not talking about junk that's ongoing, that have been going on. You just didn't like this person because the Lord showed you some things, and you just, you know, that that discernment that you got, it just, you know, you knew you were right on point with it. It's not talking about that. This is talking about you've already had a relationship with the person, and, you know, where you have already dealt with them, and things were right between y'all. This isn't talking about Y'all didn't like each other from the jump because if that's the case, then you both got a problem. You see that? So we're not talking about, again, personality clashes. We're talking about real, legitimate issues. We're talking about things that God does not approve of. You see that? That is true across the board. Now, this isn't talking about you and your sensitive self. Now, I'm just talking in general now, not to this person that, that wrote the letter, I mean, just in general, just to anybody. This is not talking about you being sensitive. And everybody has to walk on eggshells around you because of it. You see that? This is talking about real legitimate matters, that somebody really did something, you know, like that you can actually find in the Bible that's wrong. You see? None of this personality clash stuff. You see that? And so this person has... So then is it a sin of unforgiving if saints decided to cut fellowship with brethren that mistreat them to avoid being offended and bitter? So it depends on what being mistreated is. Uh, it, again, it depends, of course, where the person is, so where this individual is. What is your definition of being mistreated? Today we've got women that don't want to submit, and when they get a husband, God forbid, 
that actually know his place and know that the woman should submit, she views submission as being mistreated. You know, the husband say, hey, you know, I'd like to eat fish today. And she said, well, you know what? We don't have fish. And he said, well, go to the store and get some. Well, I used to just sound abusive to me. I, you know, of course, not. that's under the guise of verbal abuse. I just, I feel abused today. I feel like, you know, you just abused me. I don't like the way you said it. When in reality, you just don't like that they said it at all, you know. So we'll just throw that under the bus of verbal abuse. So I just, I just feel like you're just mistreating me. You know, the Bible tells you to love me, you know, as Christ loves the church. I don't feel the love today. But I hope that you get what I'm saying. This Bible is meant to be lived. You see that? And so we have to be careful. A lot of times when people come to Christ, they are hurt individuals. They are hurt, you know, and they've gone through some things. And they expect people to walk on eggshells around them because they're so super sensitive. And to them, it's everybody else. Now, again, you know, not negating what this person is saying because I don't know them personally as far as I know. But I know that we have to abide by the word of God, you see. So the first thing to do would be to make sure that you have done it the way God said to do it. You've gone to that person and them alone. Now, if you haven't gone to them alone and you've told it to everybody else, then you've disqualified yourself and you just need to get over it. You see, that that's the wrong thing to do. You, you go to them and them alone. And and then if they don't hear you, now the purpose of going to them and them alone is so that you're not building an audience because a lot of times people tell their side of it and they tell it from their point of view, which is a lot of times off. If you don't do it the way God said to do it, you go to them and them alone. Now, if you're not going to them and them alone and you've gone to everybody else before you've gone to them, then that's a problem. It shows that something's not right in your heart. You're really trying to gather uh, an amen corner instead of really restoring your relationship with your brother. You see that? And so you go to them and them alone, and if they don't hear you or they just don't see it the way you see it, then you take two witnesses, but not two witnesses that you have already uh, prepped for your point of view, and you done already got them pumped, you know, to be against this person. They don't know anything about it, and they won't know anything about it until they're in both of you all's presence. You see that? And they hear the matter so, so that it could be established whether or not you really have a legitimate case. Again, this cannot be personality clashes. This can't be I don't like you because of how you dress or how you chew your gum. This is real issues, you see, real issues, you see. And then if they don't hear those two individuals, if it, if it is established with the two individuals, the two witnesses, and they don't hear them, then you go before the church. But, of course, a lot of times it never go that far, and I'll tell you why, because a lot of things that folks get offended at are not real issues. It's just really their own hang-ups. You see that? It's really their own hang-ups. And I can promise you the church don't want to hear about how somebody looked at you and rolled their eyes. You see, that, that's so that that's part of the purpose of bringing it to the church, you know, because nine times out of ten, if it's not a legitimate matter, you're not going to want it to go that far anyway. You see that? And so it says, so then is it a sin of unforgiving if saints decide to cut fellowship with brethren that mistreat them? So, again, it depends on what. What do you mean when you say being mistreated? 
You see that 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 yeah, you have to ask yourself that question. What does that mean? To, what do you consider being mistreated? Again, it, a lot of times it depends on where the person is. Is the person really mistreating you? Are they really, really mistreating you? I mean, are they standing against you some kind of way? We're not talking about attitudes and just avoiding you or, you know, not wanting to talk to you the way they talk to other people or raising their voice. We're talking about real mistreatment. I'm going to tell you something. God expects us, you know, to be loving, but he don't expect us to be soft. Now, soft, is, when I say soft, I mean can't deal with anything. And unfortunately today we have a lot of Christians, they can't handle anything. They sensitive about everything. It's that now look at what that says then, what this person writes. So then is it a sin for un, of unforgiving the saints decide to cut fellowship with brethren that mistreat them to avoid being offended and bitter? Listen, I have learned over the years that being offended is a choice. Somebody can come and slap you in the face, can punch you dead in your nose and break it, and you can still choose to be offended, uh, choose not to be offended. You can choose not to be offended. They were killing the Lord Jesus Christ and hung him on the cross, and you know what? He still managed to find time to pray for those people that were crucifying him. You know why? Because he wasn't offended. You can you somebody can be killing you, and you can choose not to be offended. So, offense and bitterness, and I have to make that clear since this was asked. Offense and bitterness, those two things, they have nothing to do with the other person. Not one thing do they have to do with the other person. Offense and bitterness is on the inside of you if it's there. You see that so. Somebody looking at you wrong, rolling their eyes, even mistreating you, and you really have a legitimate cause for this person to, to, you know, to be forgiven or whatever the case is. Somebody can do all of that, and you can still choose not to be bitter and offended. And so if you're offended and bitter, if you're one of those people, somebody do something, you something wrong, and you just have a problem with it, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be somebody. You're going to constantly run into people that's rubbing you the wrong way. Again, like you heard me say before, you, you're going to run out of friends. You're going to run out of people to fellowship with. You're going to be a hermit. Why? Because you choose to be offended and bitter. bitter. If offense and bitterness is there, it was there before that person ever got to you. I can promise you that. So the idea isn't to avoid people that, quote, unquote, set you off, that rub you the wrong way. That's not the idea. The idea is to choose to look at it from a different perspective. If you're constantly being rubbed the wrong way and offended and bitter because you think people are rubbing you the wrong way, well, maybe it's you. It's what we used to call having a chip on your shoulder. And, of course, I've explained this before. When I was growing up, um, you know, somebody did you something wrong and you wanted to fight, you would put a little piece of stink or what we call a chip on their shoulder. And, he, and so the idea was knock this chip off, knock this stick off my shoulder. You know, of course, this is just folks trying to pump themselves up to fight. And so you put that stick on that person's shoulder, and, and they and, or they put a stick on their shoulder, and they dare you to knock it off, and you knock it off, and y'all just go to fight. And the idea was, that, you know, of course, back then, had all kind of little games we played like that, you know, 
we draw a line with our foot in the sand. Okay, you cross this line. You cross this line. That's it. We're going to fight. Somebody cross this line, and they end up fighting. No, they draw, draw another line, walking a mile backwards, drawing lines because nobody really wants to fight. And so stick on the shoulder is what we get the term from having a chip on your shoulder. In other words, you are always ready to fight. You're always ready to get into it with someone. And so you're walking around with that chip on your shoulder, and at any moment somebody can brush against you and knock it off, and you just going off because they intended on doing it in your mind. In other words, it's somebody that's always prepped up for something, for something to jump off, just always just walking around with a ball fist, in other words, just ready at any moment they're going to go off on somebody. That's having a chip on the shoulder. And a lot of we have a lot of people like that in church where they have issues. That the person that they done got into it with, they weren't responsible for that chip being there. But some some time ago, you know, they got that chip on their shoulder, and not anybody that knock it off, uh, even if it's unknowingly to them, they're ready to fight with them or ready to be better with them and all of that. I'm telling you, you 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 stop your heart walking around with a chip on your shoulder. You, I'm telling you, I, folks, you grow to be old if the Lord say the same with all kind of heart problems. It, bitterness that doesn't stop your heart. You see that if you you have heart attacks and strokes, so you stroke out of here, uh, walking around mad all the time, walking around bitter all the time. God didn't design you. That that's part. I mean, God didn't design you to be that way. So the idea is not to avoid. The idea is not to avoid people that rub you the wrong way, because you don't grow that way. You see that. You you don't grow that way. Look at what this person says. It says, if it's God's will for us to be around such people, how then should we guard our hearts against such issues? And if it's not God's will, how then do we prove our forgiveness towards such? You prove it by not changing anything. You 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 deal with people, and you realize if I'm bitter, if I'm angry, then anger is in me. If I'm bitter, then it's because bitter is in me. If I'm offended, it's because offense is in me. It has nothing to do with them. Again, you choose to be bitter. If somebody can do you great harm, and you can still choose to not be offended. You see that? You just let it rub, rub, you know, rush off your back like like water off a duck back. It just roll down your back. It don't bother you. Now do we get, do you know, where we get that term from because a duck, of course, has feathers, and those feathers are so fine and stuck together like that. It doesn't, it, it just rolls, water just rolls off their back. It doesn't get to the skin. It doesn't get to their natural flesh because of the, the feathers are so tight and fine to, and, and knitted together. And that's how God intends for us to be. You see that? That we don't even let it get to us to the point. Somebody can do you something great that somebody else would get very angry about. And if you're not careful, you can be one of those people you don't, you know, you just let stuff roll off your back. Just like water off a duck's back, and and you have people around you. They trying to talk you into being offended. You be like, hey, you know, I'm not worried about that. I'm not concerned about that at all. I'm gonna live my life. You have people more mad about the situation than you are. You see that? And, that, and so you, that's one reason why you have to be careful about who you share certain things with. You see, you have to be careful about that. And so, God intends us to be that way. Just let that stuff roll off your back. It ain't. It's not worth 
being bitter and angry. And you're going to be more upset and angry when they ain't paying you no never mind. You done, they done made you blow a, a, a top, you know, and you're mad, and they don't even realize you're mad. They're just going on with life, and, and you're not. Yeah, that's sickening. You know, you you can be up late at night thinking about what somebody done done to you, and they just, they sleeping good. And you mad, and they not. They have, they don't even have any idea what they did wrong to you. They just done went on with life, and, and you stuck. You see that? So you 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 have to be a person just just that's going to choose to not be offended, you know. You have to be one of those people. All right, so let's go to the 17th chapter of the book of, of uh, John. And we're going to start reading at verse 14. And the Lord says, I have given them. This is a prayer he's praying on behalf of his disciples. You know, this is right before he goes to the cross, you see. He says, I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. You see that? So what is he saying there? You got them. these disciples were surrounded by people that hated them. And no doubt did things to them, you know, that, that really trespassed against them. And the law said, I'm not praying, God, that you will separate them, let them have their own little crew, and separate them to keep them from being around people that don't like them. He said, in other words, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, that you remove them from everybody that, that does them wrong, that thinks evil about them. Don't, I'm not saying that you remove them from these people. But what is he saying? But that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. In other words, the evil that other people are manifesting towards them, that it don't rub off on them and they return it, that they don't get offended. In other words, Lord, I'm praying that you will give them thick skin so that they can deal with people. So, in other words, how are you going to be a witness to people if, you know, how are you going to be a witness to people if you're running from people? That very person that have done something to offend you, I mean legitimately have done something to trespass against you, that might be the very person that God wants you to win over. Now, how are you going to win them over avoiding them? Every time you see them, you going down the other aisle. You, you just, you know, we ain't, no, I'm not going to have anything to do with you. You see that? The Bible tells us to love our enemies. Now, the question is this. How do you love your enemies? If your if you, if your purpose is separating yourself from them, you see that. How 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 do you know that you even love them? You see, a lot of times God allows us to be in certain situations for the purpose of showing us what's on the inside of us. If somebody trespasses against you, you get angry. Then your prayer shouldn't be, "Well, Lord, you need to show that person what they did to me." Your prayer should be, "Lord, anger is on the inside of me. Thank you for revealing that. Now." Help me not to have an anger, a spirit of anger. If somebody trespasses against you and you become bitter and offended, your prayer shouldn't be, well, Lord, you know, could you please show this person how they acted so that they don't go around messing with other people like that? No, your prayer should be, Lord, thank you for revealing to me that anger and bitterness and, and, and offense is on the inside of me. Could you please remove that from me so that I could be a better witness for you? That should be your prayer. You see that? Don't don't allow the enemy to cause you to be secluded to the point where God can't use you. 
You see that? You, you, that that at some point you trust me, you rub somebody the wrong way, and and God some kind of way allows you to continue to live. You see that? And so we have to extend the same courtesy to other people, and you may still rub people the wrong way. You are not going to get through this world without doing something to to offend somebody, to rub somebody the wrong way. You see that? And so we have to be, we have to forgive each other and continue to and bear one another's burdens and just continue to live. We move on, you see. And so if you get offended, if you get bitter, if you get angry, it's because all of that junk is on the inside of you. And you need to ask the Lord to, to remove that. You see that? And you, can, and you can learn, trust me, you can learn not to be bitter. You can learn not to be angry. And once you have prayed that prayer and God has removed those things from you, you just might see that they weren't the problem at all. You see that? My prayer is that you'll get it. I pray that this has helped you, that you, that you want, that you will continue to walk in love towards people and that you will not allow yourself to be caught up and not be polluted by the things of this world, which is anger, bitterness, strife, and all of that, that you will remain a, a, a vessel of God that is, able to be used by God, you see that, and that's God's desire. Amen. So we want to say thank you all for joining us today. We pray that something was said that have blessed you and have uh, look at yourselves in the mirror and see where you are according to God's word, and we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you in the future. Have a blessed day.